Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 336 of Linux in the Hampshire. This is our Weekender edition where we dive into amateur radio and open source special events, upcoming contests, things to do over the weekend, Linux distributions, and all kinds of fun. And then we throw in the really good stuff at the end, all the food and drink and hedonism you can handle. And uh, if we're lucky, even some you can't. But we have the usual folks here with us tonight on this, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And since we're all indoors, we have a great bunch of folks in the chat room and listening live to us tonight, and we'll uh, enumerate them when we get down towards the end of the show, and hopefully they enjoy this as well as we do. But first, we're going to jump into some amateur radio contests, and since everybody's confined to the house, you've got plenty of time to jump in and work some DX or some CW or whatever you got going on. And Bill's going to tell us what's coming up. That's right. And, uh, of course, all these contests and more you can find over on contestcalendar.com. But uh, this weekend, I highlight the uh, SPDX contest, and that runs from 1500 Zulu April 4th until 1500 Zulu April 5th. Modes for that are CW and single sideband. Uh, bands are 160 through 10, no work. And what is it? It's the uh, Polish Amateur Radio Union in cooperation with the SPDX Club sponsored this contest for amateurs around the world to contact as many Polish stations in as many provinces of Poland as possible. Polish stations uh, use the following prefixes, 3 Zulu, Hotel Foxtrot, Sierra November, Sierra Oscar, Sierra Papa, and Sierra Quebec. Polish stations contact the rest of the world except Poland and and as many DXCC entities as possible. So check out the link to that contest in the show notes. Uh, we also have the EA uh, Riddy contest, and that runs from 1600 Zulu April 4th to 1600 Zulu April 5th. And, of course, the mode there is Riddy. Bands are 80 through 10, no work. And this is the uh, Union de Radio Ficcionados Españoles, the URE, sponsors this contest that is for all amateurs around the world to get their Wurble Wurble on. So uh, go check out that contest if you enjoy doing a little ritty. And we have uh, four states uh, that open up for the State QSO Party Challenge, and that's uh, Nebraska, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Missouri. So you guys are up uh, up to bat here this coming weekend. Uh, next weekend, we have, let's see, we have the QRP Arky Spring QSO Party, and this runs from 0 Zulu to 2359 Zulu, April 11th. Uh, the mode there, of course, is CW, and bands are 160 through 10, no work. And entry may be all bands, single band, or high bands. Uh, oh, single band, high bands, 10 through uh, 20, or low bands, 40 and 80. So kind of a nice little separation there if you only want to do uh, the low bands at night. Uh, that's a good, uh, good uh, class entry you can do. 
Get on any of the HF bands except for work and hang out near the QRP frequencies. Work as many stations calling CQQRP or CQ test as possible or call CQQRP or test CQ test yourself. You can work a station for credit once on each band. So check that out. We also have the FT8 DX contest. If you don't get enough FT8, hey, there's a contest for that. <laughs> uh, t- 1200 Zulu, April 11th to 1200 Zulu, April 12th. Mode, of course, is FT8. Now, note, this is FT8, not FT4. They have a separate contest for doing FT4, so FT8 on this, and this is 80 through 10, no work. Uh, participants must use a recent version of WSJTX, uh, 2.01 or later. Obviously, you want to use 2.12. Um and uh, or MSHV version 2.15 or later. Suggested frequencies are 3590 through 3600, uh, 7080 through 7100, 14130 through 14150, uh, 21130 through 21150, and uh, 28160 uh, through 28200. Set the uh, WSJTX dial frequency to a multiple of 2 kilohertz, for example, 14132. Blah, 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 blah. Note from Japan for JA to JA and JA to GX contacts. Uh, contacts use uh, 1350 to 30, blah, 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 3522. Clean your glasses, Bill, for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> clean my mouth. Uh, uh, i got to take a sip here real quick. I know. <laughs> 7032 or 14078, 21078, and uh, 28078. Note that WSJTX um, development team proposes... That run station should select integral, inter, integral multiples of 200 hertz as their audio transmit frequencies and check the TX even first box. Search and pounce stations should call at frequencies uh, 0, 160 or, sorry, 0, 60 or 120 hertz above the run frequency. Ah, geez, let's make this complicated. Uh, <laughs> uh, WSJTX user interface has tools to make these settings easy. Tap your F3 or F4 keyboard keys to see a concise list of relevant keyboard and mouse shortcuts. And it you says said, F5 yes, keyboard F5. keys. You said F3 or F4. <laughs> oh, sorry, F5. I do yeah. Alt-F4 <laughs> all the time. <laughs> no, don't do Alt-F4 all the time. <laughs> Just keep mashing that until something happens. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> and uh oh we do have some uh, state qso parties uh, next weekend to te- check out it'll be uh, new mexico georgia and north dakota's turn at the bat so uh, check those uh qso parties if you're collecting states i am uh, i need nebraska nebraska's coming up at the same time as missouri so i'm going to be on the air this yeah no. i'm definitely going to do nebraska oh, i need yep. it for my triple play <laughs> nebraska i have i ha- i'm looking at my uh, 40 meter ft8 and i have everything except nebraska <laughs> i need okay, nebraska. nebraska is like 250 miles from here wow yes. apparently the propagation from my antenna to nebraska is total crap so <laughs> close those close in states are harder to get so that's the thing with uh, the you know, 200 miles so like you have to do 80 meters during the day <laughs> but it's so 40 meters i need them on 40 you can do 42 during the day and it's yeah, just shortened I know up I quite a bit yeah i just never seen nebraska so come on nebraska yeah, hopefully there'll be a lot of them on, so uh, check them out. Okay, and that's it. That's oh, it. that's it. Oh, okay. Well, We're I guess I'll move on then. Uh, we have a couple of special event stations. There, there was actually I was typing in, and if you actually have access to the Etherpad, you can go back through the timeline of this Etherpad and find the special event that I typed in and then removed. <laughs> <laughs> because it's in Florida and it's a fly-in, and they had to postpone it. <laughs> Oopsie. 
Well, it's uh, understandable, though. So. Yeah, absolutely understandable because Florida is a bunch of mental cases right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that church pastor got arrested. Yeah, so well, he's out on probation. The worst part right. about the Florida thing is all those uh, people. Uh, yeah, all those people. I all saw those, what you're getting ready to say. Yeah. People, they're people. Uh, wasn't what I was gonna say, but we'll go with people. <laughs> all those spring breakers are going back to where they came from and taking whatever they may have picked up while they were (laughs) there yeah (laughs) anyway special event stations coming up we do have a couple listed here uh we have remembering the lincoln assassin uh, yeah the assassination try not to say that in a way that uh yeah uh the 155th anniversary of said assassination this will be operating from april 8th at 0000 zulu through april 15th 0000 zulu is there some better way to say zero zero zero? I just say zero Zulu. <laughs> zero Zulu. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the call sign for this will be Kilo Nine Lima. They'll be operating on the frequencies on or about three point eight six, seven point two seven, fourteen point oh seven, and fourteen point two five zero. Why do all of these special events operate at fourteen two fifty? That's like because that's their their favorite place to go i guess so but like almost all of them on the 20 meter band operated 14.250 anyway uh kilo nine lima is a special event station operated by the sangamon valley radio club of springfield illinois we are remembering the assassination of the 16th president of the united states abraham lincoln on april 15th tax day is that why it's tax day? Surely not. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> 1865. Death and taxes. Yeah, true. Uh, this special event station was created by the Elmer Committee for many of our new hams who have yet to operate an event such as this. Since this event is open to the entire club membership, we may have multiple operators on the air, only if they're six feet apart. Um, at the same time, we hope this gives our new members some valuable experience and, of course, uh, everybody they contact, which could be you. Well, the, the club could be at home operating. Well, that's true. So they'll be more than six feet apart from their other club members. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Hopefully. Also. <laughs> uh, we also have coming up the Apollo 13 50th anniversary commemoration. Uh, this will be operating from April 11th, 0 Zulu, to April 17th at 2359 Zulu. Just remember, you can't operate in that last minute. Get credit for it. <laughs> Uh, call signs will be November, November 4, Sierra Alpha, and others. Uh, frequencies on or about 14.271. Uh, check qrz.com, this information says, for individual club, various, various. Uh, numerous NASA clubs will be on the air. Check DX cluster for frequencies and call signs. Contact the appropriate club for QSL information. And I have a link to the clearinghouse for all of that. So check it out if you want to get involved with the Apollo 13th, 50th anniversary, uh, apparently multiple commemorations going on. That's all we had. Like I said, I had to sort of defer one because it will be coming up in uh, mid to late May instead of early to mid April. Well, hopefully well, it actually yeah. happens. Uh, uh, that's, yeah. that's what they're saying now. <laughs> it might be September by the time they get around to it. Um, but anyway, for announcements, we have the coffee giveaway. Let's try that again. If you belch. Yeah. I could have done it louder, I suppose. Uh, so for announcements, we have the coffee giveaway and store purchases. The store purchases, we're going to be sort of deferring to um, a local coffee shop here uh, for filling orders if anybody wants to get those. At least uh, temporarily. At least temporarily so, yeah. to sort of figure out this whole thing. 
Um, I do have two of the three pounds that we're going to give away claimed. I do have one more to sort of work through to find uh, one of our Hamvention donors to uh, to take that gift if they're so interested. And if uh, I get down through the entire list and no one wants it, then we're going to figure out some other way to give it away. So uh, it may still be available. So stay tuned for that. It's good stuff, and it's a pound of coffee. It'll last you a little while. Yeah, Russ and I had uh, oh, we had that. of it the other night. Yeah, so. you made like a latte, a nice, uh, a nice coffee with a cream, sweet cream creamer. Yep, with yeah. uh, the coffee blend and oh, white chocolate. Oh, syrup. and white chocolate syrup. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, kind of a frou frou for people who like their coffee black, but you know, whatever. It's still pretty good black. <laughs> uh, yeah. So oh no, it's amazing. We're black. we're we're just we're not black coffee drinkers, so. You yep. gotta have at least milk in it, so. and I can drink this stuff black. It's that yeah. good. Yeah, no, he, so. yeah, yeah. When Russ said yes, this one wins. It's, it's good black. I was like, all right, it's definitely a winner then. So. <laughs> uh, so stay tuned for that. Like I said, two of the three pounds are are gone, but we will have a third, and then of course there will be opportunities for folks who uh, are interested in it to to purchase some after that. And moving on, we've got this weekend in open source. And uh, I noticed that the distribution. You forgot the ham radio challenge. Oh, that's right. I did skip that. I, I'm just throwing stuff in these anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> whatever. The, the Not like we're keeping to, score. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, but, I have had a couple of people say they've actually done them though, and I and I myself did one. So Ooh. I feel like I'm like one for fifty. 40? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, the Linux and the Hamjack Ham Radio Challenge for this fortnight is dive in like some of our other listeners who've been chatting with us in the Discord. It's nice to hear who are actually putting up uh, antennas and connecting them to their ham stations and getting on the air. We've had at least two people say they've uh, thrown some wire in the air and are getting online. So, well, Bill's cool. been throwing wire and chickens in the air, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this is good to hear, and we need more people doing that so we can all contact them. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, and you see that uh, CPAC got canceled, too, now. Yeah. I forgot to put that in the announcements, but yeah. Those of you who are hoping to, like, you know, make up your hamvention loss with a CPAC trip, well, don't bother. No. Yeah. CPAC <laughs> has been canceled. <laughs> no, I will say, and I'm going to jinx it, of course, by saying this, but the last I heard, um, Huntsville was still on. So I thought I saw where it had been canceled. This this is like as of like three days ago. I heard that Huntsville was still on. Now I'm sure that's going to change. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's how this is going these days. Well, no, it looks like it's still up, but of course it's in late August. Yeah. So 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 far so far there's a possibility that Huntsville is still a thing. <laughs> um, so moving on, we've got this weekend in open source, and I noticed there was a hole for distribution to put in there that bill usually fills in so i filled in one myself <laughs> uh, this is called nitrix os this is a distribution that is called a commercial linux distribution i'm not sure why because it's free to download and open source it comes out of mexico um and i just put a bunch of notes in here and i don't even know if this is going to make sense when i read it but i'm just going to read it because you know cut and paste uh nitrous is a linux desktop distribution directly based on ubuntu it uses the calamares inter or installer and includes nx desktop and nx firewall on top of the kde plasma 5 desktop environment and kde applications nitrix utilities or utilities utilizes the debian package manager dpackage and its extended set of tools 
the Advanced Packaging Tool, ACT, to manage the operating system and manage the software. Nitrix supports both legacy BIOS and EFI 64-bit computers only. There's no support for 32-bit. NX Desktop extends Plasma to allow the user to glance over system operations with easy-to-understand status displayed on the screen. NX Firewall is a firewall tool for Linux using the Qt Toolkit. You can use the wizard to create a basic firewall, then streamline it for further using streamline it further using dynamic rules. Pup KUP is created for helping people to keep up to date backups of their files. Connecting a USB drive is the primary supported way to store data, but saving files to a server over a network connection is also possible for advanced users. And they have app image support which provides a way for upstream developers to offer native binaries for Linux users just the way they would do for other operating systems. So if you want to try another Ubuntu desktop distribution, which is, uh, it was kind of sexy looking, because uh, of course it's based on Plasma, but they've done some modifications and uh, it looked pretty cool. I actually downloaded a copy of it, but didn't get a chance to run it in a VM today. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it a spin, see how it goes. Uh, but if you haven't tried it, Nitrux, N-I-T-R-U-X. And a link, of course, to the distribution will be in the show notes. Uh, this is the point where we normally talk about open source events coming up. And uh, like last time, we're just going to assume there aren't any. Uh, because <laughs> there may be some virtual ones um, that are coming up somewhere, but I haven't had a chance to find a good clearinghouse for upcoming uh, virtual events. Uh, but I'll try and do that for the next time we come around to this, because I'm sure they're going to be switching over to doing that kind of thing, uh, whether it be like, uh, YouTube-based live streams or, or something like that, but surely they'll continue in some form, um, even though they won't be face-to-face type gatherings. Uh, but for that, you know, for now, we'll skip that. Move on to the open source challenge, which is spend a little of your extra time at home with a Linux-based Morse code tutor to learn a new language. There you go. That's some way you can spend some time. Or French or Spanish or whatever. (laughs) I've been doing the Duolingo. Yeah. Spend some time learning a useful language like Morse code. There you go. (laughs) QRQ is a great program to work on call signs. So uh, if you haven't used that before, check that out. Yep. So, you know, you got plenty of time to do stuff. So do something. There you go. And make it amateur radio related and uh, use Linux at the same time. There you go. So now we get down to the good stuff. We're going to do some hedonism, and where we always start with hedonism is food, because you know what? No matter what's going on in the world, everybody needs food. Do they? They do. Okay. So Cheryl's going to tell us about our recipe for this week. Yeah, so our recipe for this week is sour cream chicken enchiladas. A few weeks ago, when this COVID thing all came to a head, basically, um, Russ decided we needed to do some cabinet and uh, deep freeze clean out. So there was a can of green chili uh, enchilada sauce that had been stumbled across, along with some rotisserie chicken. So my goal one day was to use up some of the rotisserie chicken and the chili sauce. And so I came up with some green chili sour cream chicken enchiladas. Um, And in that, I used approximately one pound of bone skinned rotisserie chicken that I shredded, which was three to four cups, um, a quarter to a half cup of chicken broth, some chili powder, some cumin, some garlic powder, some onion powder, some cayenne, uh, flour tortillas, cream cheese, shredded tre- shredded cheddar or Mexican blend cheese, sour cream, and some green chili enchilada sauce, uh, which the can I had was Old El Paso brand. Um, 
And if you don't have the chili powder and the cumin and stuff laying around your house, you can grab a package of taco seasoning and use about a third of it. So um, you need to uh, put your chicken that's already been pre-shredded and boned and everything in a skillet, put a little bit of chicken broth in there to get it moist, but not sopping wet. Add your spices, stir it around so your chicken will be a light red color when it's all done. Um, once you've done that, take a tortilla, add a strip of cream cheese and a handful of shredded cheese to the middle of it. Add a heaping spoon of your shredded chicken, roll it up, placing it seam side down, um, and a greased baking dish. And after you're done with that, uh, put everything, uh, you know, in your baking dish, stir together the sour cream and enchilada sauce, pour over the enchiladas and take a spatula to kind of separate them a little bit so the sauce runs between them. Uh, sprinkle with remaining shredded cheese and bake at 350 for 20 to 30 minutes till it's heated through and then let it stand for about five minutes before you serve it with some rice and refried beans if you so desire. Um, yeah. So what was your opinion Actually, on that? you know what you should do instead of refried beans? What? Oh, the... Barracho beans. Oh, yeah, the barracho beans. Barracho beans. That's what you need to know. That. I'll do that next time. So. Okay. Yeah. Mexican rice, barracho beans, and fajita, or, uh, yeah, enchiladas. Enchiladas, yeah. Yeah, excellent. That sounds like a meal. I can go for that right now. <laughs> um, I don't... Well, I don't have any Mexican beers, so I can make any barracho beans, so... Yeah, well... It is what it is. Uh, I don't think Cruise Light would go well. No, well, no. If it was Corona, maybe. But yes. well, yeah, something so, something to look forward to. I guess. Yeah, Modelo is what I think I use less. Uh, so. No, I think it was Dos Equis. Was it Dos Equis? I think okay. it was Dos Equis. Yeah, Dos Equis. Dos Equis. Yep. Yeah. It's the only time people say that correctly as a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, other, the rest of the time is you don't Dos walk into Equis. a bar and say, "Give me two X's." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh anyway so very cool yeah they were they were very tasty and uh like i said i'm kind of looking forward to the next time you do them especially with the barracho beans have you All done right. have you done the barracho beans as a recipe i don't think i have oh well there you go yeah so and for anybody who's interested barracho is spanish for drunk <laughs> yeah, yeah, it requires a lot of Mexican beer in them, but they're very tasty. I, I actually, are, there's a family allergy to dried beans, so I have to be very careful with eating baked beans or bean soup or anything like that. But yeah, the borracho beans, when we ordered them in a Mexican restaurant in Kansas City a couple of years ago, I I was figuring that I was going to be at the hospital before the end of the night. Because I sucked down every piece that I could get. So, <laughs> including Russ's, he was like, get back. I'll buy you more. <laughs> so, the guy, you know, our waiter walked by. I was like, could we get another side of the beans? He's like, they're good, aren't they? I was like, yeah. He's like, I'll be right back. <laughs> so, yes, they're very good. So, hopefully, if you haven't done that already, which I don't think you have, I don't think I have. Yeah, you definitely need to do those as a recipe. So, look forward to that. Yes. All right, so moving on, we'll we'll come to my drink corner, and tonight I'm doing something sort of slightly different. I have Teeling Small Batch Blended Irish Whiskey. I don't usually do Irish whiskeys, but tonight I have one. Um, I did manage to find this at Costco for a dollar more than the local liquor store. <laughs> so, <laughs> screw you, Costco. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm not getting the free uh, upgrade there. No. Uh, anyway, uh, on this, they say it's produced by the Teeling Whiskey Company after the Teelings departed from Cooley, 
uh, the company they started. And what this is is an ambitious small batch blend. Those are my words. Uh, at 46% without chill filtration, but colored, it's an excellent, which is weird because it's so light in color, but <laughs> it's actually bottled in a um, dark brown bottle. So you can't see what color it is until you get it home. It's I know, a, it's very, very, very pale. It is very pale. So, yeah, we're, we're staring at it here. It's like very light. Yeah. Uh, it's an excellent statement of intent. The blend is said to contain a high proportion of first fill bourbon cask whiskey and a higher than normal ratio of malt to grain. From Teeling, they say, this whiskey challenges the convention of what an Irish whiskey can be with layers of unique flavor influenced by unconventional cask maturation techniques. Hand-selected casks of grain and malt whiskey are initially fully aged in ex-bourbon barrels, then married together in Central American rum casks for up to 12 months for a unique dried fruit profile. Ooh. Wow, doesn't that sound Ooh, incredible? It does. It does. <laughs> so is it? Is it incredible, though? <laughs> Actually, it's very good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the details on this are a 75% grain to 25% malted barley estimated mash bill, and that for an Irish or a Scotch is very high in the non-malted category. Um, you know, they especially single malt Scotches tend to be m- much more, if not completely, malted barley. So it is different. So it does make it interesting. The proof on this, as previously stated, is 46%. That makes it 92 proof. The Teeling Distillery is in Dublin, Ireland, a town we've all probably heard of. Uh, the color on this is what I call light spun gold. It's like if you imagine a five-year-old Swedish girl <laughs> with a extremely blonde, hair, blonde yeah. hair, that's the color of this malt. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very, very <laughs> pale yellow. So. so there you go. Uh, the nose on it is surprising, actually. There's a lot in here. Uh, cut grass and orange blossom. Or just um, sort of, uh, uh, I don't want to say it's it's the more savory side of an orange, almost like orange peel, peel right. right? Instead of like Zest. the sweet part of the yeah. orange. Um, allspice, hints of vanilla, apple pie, and blackberry, all in here, just on the smell. It's really nice. The taste is a little bit different. It's not quite as um, sweet as the nose is uh, but there's still a lot there it's got that nice spiced essence almost like uh it's apparently imparted from the rum cask it's kind of like the vanilla and aged spice you get from like uh, captain morgan if you've had that or some other better quality spiced rum uh it also includes lemon pear clove honey uh some sort of miscellaneous mixed herbs like a like a sweeter potpourri maybe like allspice uh, and things like that. yeah yeah i said allspice like yeah um and even on the tail end especially when it's sort of going away into the finish a tiny little bit of cinnamon uh and then it, you're get you're left with sort of the floral spiciness from the cask aging uh and then a slight essence of the sweeter notes that you might call vanilla or um maybe even a white chocolate or a caramel um and it sort of lingers that way not 
not long time, not like super long, not like you can wait two minutes and it's still on your tongue, but it's really got a nice, long, sweet, slightly herbal finish to it. So I don't know how long it's been aged. We know it's at least a year in rum casks. I'm not sure they specified how long in the ex-bourbon casks. Um, and they don't say there's no age statement or anything. Well, so it's up to 12 months on the rum cast. Right. So, yeah. Um, but for an Irish whiskey, I don't have a lot of Irish whiskeys and I don't drink a lot of Irish whiskeys, but this one is surprisingly good. And it's about 35 to $38 for a fifth of it. So it's not even expensive. And as far as I can tell, it's widely available. So let me take one quick sip of it and I'll give it a rating. The sip wasn't necessary for the rating. I just wanted to drink it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At least he's being honest. (laughs) This is so good for just an alcohol that you could sit down at any time of day or night or mood and just enjoy the slightly herbal spicy sweetness of the whole thing. I'm going to give it a 92. Wow. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's not like going to change your world, but it's something you could drink anytime and be happy with. And for the price point, yeah, it easily deserves a 92. So there you go. Wow. Teeling, small batch. Okay, so something I just found online. What? So that it's age, it's five years. Five years? Yeah. And then up to 12 in rum casts. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. And now we're going to put this up against what I consider a very, very good wheat whiskey. So, Bill, let's hear yeah. what you think about it. So, yeah, I, I tried out the uh, this is recommended by Russ over the phone the other uh, the other week. We talked about this <laughs> in the emergency call, in the emergency room call. Right. I was at the, the, the liquor store and I couldn't make my mind up. So, uh, yeah, this, you recommended this and uh, it's it's pretty good. This is the W.L. Weller Special Reserve. This is the green label. Uh, it's the original weeded bourbon whiskey. This is from their website. Features an exceptionally smooth taste, substituting wheat for rye grain. Bottled at 90 proof, this bourbon stands out with its burnt orange color. Its softer flavor notes make this bourbon great for sipping or making cocktails. The tasty notes on this from their website also uh, sweet and nose with a presence of caramel. Tasty notes of honey, butterscotch, and soft woodiness. It's smooth, delicate, and calm. Features a smooth finish with a sweet honeysuckle flair. And we noted that uh, Russ had reviewed this back on episode 200, but did not write the review in the show notes. So uh, you'll have to go back and uh, rewind back to episode 200 and hear that review to hear his opinion on it. But this is about a $30 bottle, yeah, plus or minus, uh, depending upon your locale, for uh, $750. And um, I have to say, it's uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, yeah. The thing yeah. about the thing about wheat whiskeys and wheat bourbons is they they really do the the wheat takes out the rye edge, so the yeah. spiciness goes away, and they tend to be on the sweeter side. So if you don't mind a little bit of sort of added sweetness and a little bit of a, I I don't want to make it sound bad, but there's kind of a weird whiskey funk that happens when you put wheat into it. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad thing; it's just a different thing. Um, and if you like that sort of different thing, you're really going to love this. So, yeah, <laughs> you really not want to try bullet. Yeah. Bullet. Uh, <laughs> I did. I had the bullet rye. Um, well, just the bullet 
but it has rye, the regular bullet. Uh, not not too long ago, maybe by, maybe it was the last one or the one before that. Um, it was okay. It's not as good, but I drank it all. <laughs> I, I will say that I just finished off. I just finished off my bottle of Bullet uh, Barrel Strength Bourbon. Yeah, and I really like Bullet's Bourbon Strength Bourbon. Um, most bourbons, I'm gonna probably get for this somehow but most bourbons do have some rye content there are very few that are distilled with wheat um so you're going to get some spectrum of rye influence you know no matter what you do in any kind of bourbon with few exceptions so you just have to kind of know what you're getting into yeah so if you want the score go back and listen to episode 200 and uh hear uh russ's review provided he actually scored it in 200 he, he probably not. did maybe uh, i probably <laughs> did and just, just didn't write in the show didn't write down yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah bullet i mean it's fine i had bullet on ice and it was good it was fine it wasn't um you know neat it was maybe a little harsh but ice it was fine yeah i can't I can't do whiskey on ice. It just so, <laughs> well, you can so. see my glass in the chat room. There, it is definitely uh, it's definitely all neat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, very good. Well, um, I'm curious. I'm going to have to go look back and listen to my own review now because I <laughs> I, I just have to. Um, and Steve in the chat room says, "Bullet is great for mixing." See, I wouldn't bullet. Bullet is just a hair above the level that i would use it as a mixer there, there's They're just barely about it's it. just barely above it, but there's there's a there's a threshold i guess you can say for me where i won't use a whiskey to mix with um and bullet just exceeds that threshold <laughs> so <laughs> but that's just me you it's know, like the mendoza line right <laughs> <laughs> yeah Everybody's taste is uh, is important and significant and subjective. So, you know, your mileage may vary. Uh, but we want to thank everybody who was with us tonight for this episode of The Weekender. We had the folks in the chat room, Don, KB2YSI, Matt, KRAD, Tony, KM4HSD, Ton, KS... Ton? Don. The hell is Ton? Ton. That's a combination of Tony and Don. That's Ton. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, Don KC nine ZMY Steve K seven HVT Tom and four HAI. Uh, should I do it? I can right. Hi. <laughs> Tom and four Hi. <laughs> Ted W A zero E I R Dan K F five T Q N Jonas and Darren V K six E K. So we want to thank everybody for being here tonight, listening to our live version of the Weekender. We really appreciate it. We hope you all enjoyed. And we hope you all enjoy, if you listen to this, uh, ex post facto or some other random Latin phrase. Uh, but with that, we are going to go ahead and wrap up episode number 336 of Linux in the Hamshack. I am Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. 
The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS Podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash NHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-NHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or handfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.